Dark Art Society podcast covers a variety of important and contemporary issues, including dark art, as well as other kinds of art, literature, film, music, also culture, philosophy, dreams, paranormal experiences, magic, and a whole lot more than that. I'm Mike Carell, director of Chet's Art, I Like to Paint Monsters, and you are listening to the Dark Art Society podcast, hosted by renowned artist Chet Zar. Hello, Mike. Hey, Chet. What's up? Oh, man. Busy, busy, busy. Working like crazy, trying to get things done. Yeah, the and usual. You? Yeah, the same. I, I've got so much stuff going on. I haven't been sleeping much, so then I took a nap before this podcast, and then I woke up late, and uh, there's a lot going on. I had to do this weird painting that I don't kind of thing I don't normally do for my niece's wedding, which is on Sunday. Mm-hmm. I had to get a suit. I got I got a suit at Walmart. Yeah, you were telling me that, <laughs> and you're all, you're stoked on how it looks, even though it's yeah, cheap. it's pretty nice for a, for a Walmart suit. I was surprised. Just make sure you cut the tags out of it before you wear it. <laughs> I had to get it uh, tailored so the sleeves are a, bit, a little bit long, but um, yeah. So yeah, that and uh, my commission stuff, and uh, got that movie gig that I'm working on, and. I'm excited to see that. See what that. Yeah, it looks really cool. It's really, yeah. really cool. Yeah, um, but still in the early stages. In the yeah, can't talk about it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> well, do you want to introduce our uh, amazing guest that I have been name dropping nonstop for like 69 episodes or something? Yeah, yeah. Well, today we have. Oh, check this out. Never mind, it's not working now. Hey, dogs are barking. <laughs> That's nothing new. <laughs> it was something else. Never mind. Okay, so we got a, a great guest today. It's a, a friend of ours and a really great sculptor who's doing really unusual, amazing work. And uh, you've probably seen it, if you, even if you don't know his name. But but uh, it is Chris Haas. Woo! Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Yeah, Chris does these amazing... Uh, I actually own one. These amazing sculptures using he uses like animal bones and human bones and adds these flourishes onto them, and they're really different looking and really super cool. So one of the great sculptors of our movement, I think. Absolutely. Um, thank you. Yeah. How's it going? It's going good. What How are you, you guys? To? Well, we already said we were fine. No, that's yeah. right. You're, you're Mike, looks, Mike looks fantastic. Like he's ready to. Yes, Mike is very. Anything. Mike's very chipper today. He's never-ending energy uh, guy. What? <laughs> Mike's the never-ending energy guy. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. I've never seen him tired. Well, there's a reason that my company's called Energy Creations. <laughs> that's right. Hey, huh? perfect. So, yeah, uh, so it's great to finally have you on here because I'm always talking about, you know, one of the things that Chet and I actually just recently talked about was um, competition. And one of our episodes was all about competition and how competition can be really healthy. And I kind of have you in my mind as one of the people that I compete with in a healthy level because what you do is what I wish I could do, you know. And it, when I look at your work, it gets my Jones like, oh, fuck, if only I, you know, had the resources to do that shit. You know, it's just so cool and it's so much cooler than I could do it. I know it's true. Not even just the resources, but well, like the idea, if you, if you just it, had thought the idea. Who, yeah, yeah thing, he owns that know? idea because he started it, so no one else can do it now. So it's like it <laughs> makes me compete with myself, you know, because I look at what you do, and then when I do my sculptural stuff, that's not what you do. It's still I like I I think of like, well, would this be as good as what I think a Chris Haas looks like, even though it's my own thing, you know? So it's like your work to me is like a, there's a bar that's there, you know, and it's really high, and so I really appreciate your work for that reason. So it's great to finally have you on here. Thanks. It's my pleasure. Yeah, and so, I appreciate all the flattery. I'll take it. I'll take all I can get. <laughs> flattery will I'm get a you sucker. everywhere. I'm a sucker for a good ego fluff. Bring it on. <laughs> so, uh, but, um, do you have anything, any shows going on right now, or, or what's up with your art life at um, the moment? The gallery scene has been, I, you know, I kind of uh, pulled away from the gallery scene a little bit mm. over the past couple of years. There was a time... You know, when I was really trying to get my name out there and 
I was I was really hungry to to be noticed and just to get in with the the scene and I was trying really hard mm-hmm. and and I was doing a lot of gallery shows and lately of course I do the conjoined um, show with Chet every year uh, been doing that for like eight years um, I have been doing shows in Philly with um, Arc Enemy and um, another gallery there I can't remember the name right offhand and then I'm I'm gonna uh, be in a show at the um, Dark Art Emporium. Oh, cool! They're, coming they're, up that Jeremy Cross is is curating. So, yeah, um, they're they're good people down there. That's yeah, a cool, that's a cool place. Yeah, so I'd like to get I would like to get back into the kind of the the gallery scene. You know, I feel like it is important now after kind of taking a break from it. Um, you know, most of my sales come. You know through social media and, you know, stuff like that. And, and, but gallery being in galleries is, I feel still really important just Mm -hmm. to be a player in the game and to keep your, you know, keep a presence in, in whatever platform you can, you know, and and not exclude any of them if you can help it. And, And galleries are a big one, you know? Yeah. Plus people get to see this stuff in person, which nothing beats seeing it in person, you know? Yeah. So I do enjoy it. When uh, when did you start doing this sculpture work, and how did you get started? Where did you get the idea for it? Um, well, it's been about ten years ago. About I ju- I, I mark it because that's when I when I quit drinking. Uh, oh wow! So really heavy into you know just in a bad way into booze, and I needed something when I quit drinking, and so I kind of embraced my art. Then I had already been kind of tooling around with the idea of it which kind of came from you know originally drawing kind of just drawing designs on skulls and painting them i've always collected skulls and and messed around with with that kind of as long as i've been able to to go hiking in the woods and pick stuff up and bring it home you know but uh the the whole idea kind of evolved basically from a two-dimensional application into a three-dimensional application Mm. one day a light bulb went up over my head and i was like what if i brought these shapes off the you know out Mm. from the skull and i i started with i can't remember what i what materials i was using basically like construction material leftover right yeah i remember yeah i remember talking to you about that yeah yeah and and at one point yeah actually you chat you um you you suggested you know the the two-part epoxy clay, which has just been great. I really, I I use it for so many um, aspects of my art and it's strong and and super durable. And so that was a, that was a big step when, you know, when you told me to give that a try, it really changed the game for me. Oh, cool. Um, Yeah. I love that stuff. So, yeah. So that's kind of where, you know, the idea um, evolved from just, you know, adorning and customizing skulls. And I kind of always been, one to customize anything I could get it, you know, in high school, I was the one who drew all over my jeans, my shoes. And, um, <laughs> I've always just customized everything I can get my hands on. So I, I really feel like it's a, um, privilege to be able to, to use the skulls as my canvas, something that's already artistically perfect. You oh, know, yeah. on its own. And so it's, it's hopefully done and it comes off in a respectful way, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Have you got any crap for it? <clears throat> Um, you know, for the most part, uh, no. I mean, I wouldn't think to give you crap at all. It just seems totally, oh, how how could I not have thought of this? How could anybody not have thought of this already? Such a great idea. But, you know, I imagine there's got to be people out there that would see a skull and just be like, you know, have some problem with it. (laughs) There are those people for sure, you know, and I guess I've been lucky enough not to deal with it, but I do see that in other, um, artists and people that work with natural products, you know, see the harassment they get from people that are, um, you know, fighting for animal rights or, or whatever. And, and really you'll find that the the type of people that work with, you know, art in general, I think most artists, especially people that I've found that work with natural products and bones and stuff are actually the most animal lovingest creatures you, know, you could ever find, you know, and, and it's just the opposite. Every, you know, everyone that I associate with, uses ethically sourced uh, materials, which, you know, who's to say really what that is and how you can really research to be a hundred percent true. But right. I, for one, you know, I, I live in the mountains and the woods. And so I get a lot of uh, 
stuff that just dies naturally in the woods. And oh, really? Uh, so you, you you got out on excursions? Um, you, you know, you just kind of find a, them. <laughs> I have actually a lot of friends who do different um, people that just hike a lot, and people that are hunting guides and and different things like that. And <clears throat> so I'm I'm lucky to live where I do. I get a lot of skulls just given to me once in a while. I'll you know seek out something from a supplier. But for the most part, I I do all right just living where I do. Yeah, Mike finds st- stuff all the time, right? You're yeah. always oh, finding yeah. st- bones yeah. whenever you go out. Like well, it was just about it was every funny. time. <laughs> was uh, Chris Haas was out here? Actually, he came out for a little land of enchantment engagement. What that was back in January, late January, early February, something like that. Yeah, and uh, I took him out to the Badlands out here and I took them pretty far in there, farther than I'd taken anyone else up to that point. And uh, we got out into this plateau. And you know, one of the things you notice when you're out there is there's very little animal life. It's kind of eerie and mm-hmm. creepy in that way. And and Chris was like, you know, it's weird. We haven't seen any bones, you know, cause, and I was like, yeah, man, they eat the bones and they shit them out. And he was like, <laughs> ha you know, he kind of laughed like joking. <laughs> and then we're walking along and it was like, what Chris, maybe like, 10 feet, 15 feet later, I'm like, look, and we look down and there's this pile of scat and all it is is just digested bone. It's it's just like, (laughs) yeah, like straight up. It was just like, it was the best corroboration. What, who, what, what animal eats the bones and chews them up? Anything trying to make it through the desert. Mountains predominantly. Wow. I didn't know that. Bears will eat, you know, an entire rodent. Like they'll take, you know, a, a prairie dog and just eat a whole and digest the whole thing. So what comes out on the other end are the bones. I've seen, I've seen bones in owl shit before. Yeah, owls eat, eat eat things whole. But yeah, so there are a lot of bones in certain areas, and you can find them. And most, I mean, everything I work with, really, I find for sure. Mm-hmm. So it is common, but I don't find a lot of skulls. That's the thing I don't find, and it's obviously because they just digest them into bone shit and they leave them. <laughs> I can't imagine anything eating a skull, though. I mean, what could eat a skull except a bear, maybe? It seems like there's bears, there's mountain lions. Uh, Chris, remember those mountain lion track that we saw? We were up there. they were yeah. big, like big mountain lion, big cat was out yeah, there. Yeah, he, he could have been a skull eater, who, yeah. whoever he was with those paws. He could have definitely eaten my skull with no problem. <laughs> wow. Well, um, so. Do you, do you have like a a deep concept behind what you do or is it just more like because it's cool because you know I know for me it was it started off my artwork started off as just because it's cool I thought it was cool looking and then you kind of either start to read into it or kind of discover what your subconscious is trying to do I mean it doesn't make a difference to me if the if the work is good it's good but I wonder if you have had to come up with an artist statement. Like one artist told me a bullshit artist statement. <laughs> yeah, I could make something up real quick, but uh, yeah, it, it really is a visual <clears throat> thing for mm-hmm. me as far as, but I think that there's a, you know, a, if nothing else, a personal spiritual connection with that. Right. And, and, you know, and it'd be hard to deny that there wasn't something underlying with the fact that I'm using, you know, bones and skulls that are spiritually energized and you know really powerful on their own and i feel like it's really important to maintain a a certain level of respect and you know and and so i feel like that's kind of i don't know i guess the the deep meaning would be real kind of personal more of like a personal uh path for myself a place where i'm able to kind of zen you know out and for the most part, I'm real clumsy in, in life and I'm usually breaking shit and bumping into door jams and stuff. But when it comes to my art, you know, I, I, it, it connects me to this more kind of gentle, more calm, uh, just fine fingered, you know, person that you, uh, otherwise usually I'm, I'm not. So I think the, the meaning of anything would be, you know, yeah, like a, a personal kind of connection that i have with it if that if that makes any kind mm-hmm. of sense yeah 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 and anytime you work with bones you're dealing with mortality too that's like the automatic yeah. uh reference you know that totally. pe- people it's, take either consciously or not you're dealing with, it's you're talking about mortality in some way 
you know, that's that's one of the things I like about Chris's stuff, though, is that it's not pretentious. You know, mm-hmm. it's like I remember when I was interviewing him for Tattoo Master magazine about his artwork, him and his brothers and their gallery and everything. And, and you know, his answer was so to the question you just asked, basically, was so legit. He was like, well, you know, when I was a kid, I would like go out in the woods and find a dead animal and feel bad. Like, oh, you know, I want to like bring it back to life. That sucks that it's dead. Like he would feel this empathy or this sympathy or whatever for it. And so he, he was like, so when I'm an adult now, I like find these bones and then I can like give it life again, you know, and like, yeah. you know, beautify it and bring it back to life. And I just thought that was so cute and honest, you know, and I just, I love it. I, You're I so cute. It. I'm not trying to be cute. <laughs> no, but that is true. I totally, I totally forgot that that is kind of, you know, one kind of, uh, angle that I've taken with, you know, uh, like my solo show at Last Rites that I had was called Waking the Dead. And it was really about maybe not necessarily like rebirth or anything like that. But um, I guess, you know, for me, I've always that feeling that Mike talks about what that, you know, basically when I would find something, especially even now seeing a skull or anything like that, I can't imagine it not being used. You know, right. I can't imagine that it it's it's just so beautiful that I can't leave it laying there. And, you know, there is something to be said for that too to be able to just walk past and leave nature be but i feel like you know it's repurposing and recycling and it's so and yeah kind of like bringing the dead back to life (laughs) well sometimes you get more than you bargain for too because like you know you and i both work with dead things you know i doing you know necro and caustics and stuff like so it's like working with dead stuff i remember being a kid and going out to montana with my family and i found a skull like you did you know down by the river and i wanted it so bad and i asked my mom can we bring it and she was like she looked and it was like okay so we put it in this plastic bag got in the car my grandma was with us my sister my mom my dad were in this caravan like like little baby blue 1989 caravan (laughs) we're driving all the way back from Montana, you know, to Washington. And all of a sudden I get this out on my neck and I'm like, fuck. And dude, these bugs had hatched in this skull because it was like hot inside oh, the car. Nasty. And the car is like filling with these bugs and they're biting <laughs> bugs. My poor grandma's in there. And literally they were like, you know, everywhere. The car's like filling with these bugs. And so sometimes you get a lot more than you bargain for. So you know, there's a certain amount of penance involved in, you know, if you may do get the skull through that, you don't throw it out the window. You know, once you're done with it, you feel pretty good about, you know, what you went through to get there. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> well, it's, and it's, you know, it's also, you know, they're kind of like shrines, you know, your, your pieces are kind of like, to me, they seem like shrines honoring the being that once yeah. was, you know what I mean? Paying respect to the creature. Yeah, I know? definitely, definitely, you know, it's, I sometimes, even though I alter, uh, you know, things beyond what they are naturally, um, I feel like the main goal is to I've always tried to kind of my goal is trying to, you know, take something dead and make it beautiful, Mm -hmm. you know, and that's, I really, you know, try to approach my pieces in that way as if it were an altar or a piece of jewelry or something symbolizing, you know, um, respect and beauty. Right. Yeah. So you use all kinds of different bones, you use human bones, much yeah you, i mean i've seen i've seen you but it's mostly animal or no yeah mostly animal. i mean animal uh, humans are animals but you know what i'm saying totally <laughs> uh yeah human uh bones are, there's a obviously a, a much larger taboo around yeah. human bones and there was a time in my life where i thought there's no way i'd be able to own a, a human skull and there's there's a a big uh i got one yeah see there, there's a lot of people actually that think that they're illegal because of uh, a trade embargo between where they were coming from, um, you know, when the in the big boom of, of medical science and, and medical schools and medical study, there was uh, a lot of questions about where these skulls yeah. and stuff were coming from and, and human rights questions and stuff. And so yep. there's this big taboo that, that human skulls were are illegal in the United States, and they are in a few different states. Uh, and in and, and all animals, you need to be kind of wise on, on each state has its own law on what kind of animal skulls even can be owned, hmm. transported, sold, bought, traded. Right. It's, it's kind of tricky. When you're dealing with domestic skulls, for the most part, it's easier to send internationally and not have to worry about state laws, you mm-hmm. know, but, but any wild animals. And then when you get into human remains there, the laws can be tricky, but I, I definitely 
enjoy working with human bones now. And um, the big piece that I did for the the last conjoined in January, yeah, um, it had a part of a an old medical study skeleton that was really really old. It was just the rib cage and arms and the pelvic bones and and it was really powerful, man. It's definitely like it's you can't deny if you hold a human skull or or touch human bones it's yeah. it's a powerful possibly scary thing to some people but it's it's that like you said that that reminder of immortality but also you know just the impermanence i think immortality can can be scary but i think impermanence to me is a more less scary word and, right. and i feel like it definitely you know reminds me of that working with with human bones more so than wild animal bones and I remember in in the uh, in around eighty six eighty seven when I was working on the Blob that movie the Blob remake yeah there was I forget the name of the place that was selling them but everybody was getting full skeletons buying them real skeletons like that was the boom that was the heyday of people buying skeletons like all the effects guys would get skeletons and right. and um, they were getting them from India because just mm-hmm. people were fucking dying everywhere you know it's like they had this surplus of um skeletons which is really creepy and weird but then i don't know what specifically happened but i do remember it's like the um they got cut off because there were stories of people like killing people to sell their bones which is right so crazy well, I mean, I mean your life's H- worth. That's le- what H. H. Holmes did, you know. That's, that's one. Yeah, that was one of his rackets. Right, but that, yeah, right, right. But you know, like someone in, you know, someone's life is worth, you know, the eight hundred bucks you're going to get selling a skeleton. That's oh, so weird. But um, yeah, yeah, it was weird though because it was it was like a given in the the community. It's like, oh yeah, for eight hundred bucks you get a full skeleton, which is really cheap. And then yeah. all of a sudden, it wasn't that way anymore. Yeah, but, they're like three, three or four grand for a full skeleton now. Really? Yeah, and it's yeah, it's definitely I in this the human skulls that I've came in contact with, a uh, one that I have now, and I was it sounds weird, but I was kind of shopping. I was kind of keeping my eye on ones that were posted for sale and uh-huh. stuff. And, and there's ones where you look at them and you're like, nope, I do not want that. That like you can tell there's a bad right. energy, you know. And and this one that I got that I got now, I, I, I purchased it and I was waiting for it in the mail, but I was actually kind of nervous because I was scared that it was going to, you know, have some bad energy or feel super bad mm-hmm. vibrations from it. And it ended up being the opposite. When I opened the box and, and picked it up, I, I like, I actually felt like I told this story before to somebody where I, I kind of felt this connection with it. That was almost like seeing an old friend or, mm. you know, not like I was like, smiling real big and, and singing about it, but I definitely felt this warm, common connection, you know, and I started thinking, I was like, maybe this, uh, was somebody in a past life that I used to know, possibly a, a friend or a relative or a lover. And then I started thinking deeper, like maybe this was me yeah. in a past life. <laughs> and that's why I'm feeling this strong connection. And then I was like, I better just fucking go to work. Yeah. <laughs> Get out of the post office parking lot with this skull in my hands. <laughs> So, yeah, yeah. I, I got a pretty a cool one. Um, I traded for a study, I think. But it's like an old man skull with no teeth. It's really weird, you know, the jaw. I love that one. Yeah, the lower jaw is just like all kind of emaciated, sort of. There's no teeth. and it's. Must, I love that geriatric. Yeah, yeah it's so look. weird looking. It's so weird how they look like kind of like baby skulls too because they don't have the teeth you know it's just so freaky yeah you know we eventually go back to start off as babies and then kind of go back to being babies world totally oh yeah big old stinky babies that no one wants to hold (laughs) (laughs) so are you working on anything right now uh yeah always i i try to keep multiple projects going. I've got probably six or seven works in progress or more, I guess, probably at this point, but a couple commissions that I'm finishing mm. up and uh, been doing a lot of commissions lately. This this spring has been hot for commissions oh, for good. whatever reason. Great. And uh, and definitely, I 
would always rather sell pieces that I've already made, but I appreciate, you know, getting to, to make art for a living. And, and so I appreciate the commissions just as much. And, um, and then I have the personal pieces that, that I kind of always am just my ideas, you know, that I'm yeah. not, no one's picking the color or what it's going to look like in, in any way. Um, and then I've got to get some, some stuff going for the show for the dark art emporium soon. And so, yeah, I'll be, be grinding away and, and definitely it's just a matter of finding enough time, enough hours in the day. Yeah. What's your work schedule? What's your work? How um, often do you work in the studio I'm, on your stuff? I'm in the studio full time right now, uh, which has been nice. I've oh, been, cool. Yeah. And you know, I, since I'm independently employed in where I live, everything's so seasonal and stuff, you can kind of get away with that kind of lifestyle, you know, as long as you're paying your bills and, and so I've been able to focus a lot full time on the art and my music as well, which has been great. I've been doing a lot of stuff with the band. I did a couple of radio interviews over in Durango last week and uh, quite a few shows over there. We just got booked for a big, um, for us, pretty big show at the, at the big theater over there, which is pretty cool. And so focusing a lot on art and music right now, which is basically like the dream, you yeah. know, follow your bliss type of like, I'm, I'm just loving loving right now my life right now i really feel blessed to be able to to do this you know with my i know lifestyle my family being understanding and chris you should tell them the name of your band is ragwater the name of his band is ragwater it is ragwater can they get that cd anywhere is it still available after the kickstarter or whatever it is on on spotify um god i wish i knew all the uh iTunes and you know I pretty much you should be able to get it um I'm sorry I don't know that info well, you, we could put the links in <laughs> we could put the links in the description but uh but that what's the name of the album it's Ragwater and the name it's of the self-titled. album is self-titled self-titled okay cool so they can just search Ragwater and uh, and they'll be able to find it. it's amazing I helped Chris with that Kickstarter and uh it, it's they're incredible and yeah, I have this really here actually I wear that shirt all the time it's funny because when I first got it I was like it's gray and I was like yeah gray shirts and now it's like my favorite shirt because when I go outside to work black's too hot in the sun out here you know so it's right. like my favorite shirt to wear when I go driving and working <laughs> so like breakwater's been like one of my favorite shirts these days so what do you Sweet. what do you uh do in the band I sing and write lyrics. I don't write all the lyrics, but I write most of the lyrics, and and I'm the lead vocalist. Oh wow! Yeah, that's cool. Do you play an instrument other than I, your voice? Not in the band. I I play a little bit of guitar and on my own, and and I studied percussion growing up in in school throughout school, and mm. then I studied some Afri- African hand drumming, and so. I, I've been involved in music, but uh, as far as in this band, I, I'm just vocalist. That's cool. Yeah. So you got uh, you have a super talented family. Can you talk about your super talented brothers? No, oh, man. It's yeah, pretty amazing, my, really. It's pretty. It's weird. It <laughs> you guys definitely. You know, and, it's and not like there's a, there's not like a weak link there that I've seen. Out of all the guys that are artistically inclined that I've seen, their work is all like very much above average you know what i'm saying well i i appreciate that i'm real proud of my my brothers and, and phil very fortunate to have grown up and, and to be able to hang they both live in the same town as me now and so you got two brothers yep jeff and and blue uh, yeah only two though yeah only two okay and they're both super talented <laughs> yeah they both are musically they're yeah we all all three of us are really into to music, um, writing and recording and performing. And Your brother, then, the, um, is it visual Jeff, arts as well. the guitar player? Jeff, yeah, his fucking older brother. Amazing guitar player, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's, he's so yeah, good. He, he I saw tweaks some, out. Yeah, I saw some videos. I was like, Jesus. Way better yeah, than he, I ever got, that's for sure. He gets into it. He, he really is uh, less of a performer, but more of a um, music nerd. You know, he mm-hmm. geeks out super hard and just learning all the tech scales and stuff. And, uh, and yeah, I mean, my, my brothers are, are shit. They're just as much as part of, of anything I do, you know, as, as my, um, well, my wife, you know, she has a lot to do with, with almost all my, my art that goes out the door. It kind of goes past her eyes and 
it's, you know, and so my brothers are like that too. You know, they, I try to show them everything that I work on and they do the same, you know, Mm -hmm. so we're constantly showing each other and pumping each other up. And, uh, and then, you know, Ursula, my wife, her family, they're all, um, filmmakers and, and actors and artists and musicians as well. Like crazy, crazy talent. And, and so it's, yeah, it's, it's awesome to be able to marry into a family that's also as weird and right. freaky and creative as my, my own. <laughs> so, so Jeff did this amazing suit. He made that suit, yeah. right, for Conjoined. Yeah. Crazy, yeah. amazing. It looked like this robot suit that he made out of, like, what was that made out of? Just, like, recycled, repurposed. Uh, all kinds of yeah, plastic and, and then elbow bl- pads and crazy, crazy stuff. <laughs> and then I mean, it was amazing. And Blue um, does this does sculptures out of recycled electronics and and stuff, right? Uh-huh. And those are yeah, ta- really amazing. And he's a great tattoo artist. Yeah, I got his work right here on my arm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's just insane when you look at the the Haas brothers. So crazy that it's that's why I that's why like I had to write that. that magazine article. I was like, okay, I get to go up to Bogosa Springs, that's great. I get to hang out with my buddies, that's great. I get to get tattooed, that's great. And all I have to do is write an article. Sweet. This is like the easiest gig that ever happened. I got I have a it's such a weird story about blue, and you know it, but I'm gonna tell it again for, for is the, that the fridge. Yeah. I mean, what are the chances? That was right. the most insane thing. Like ta- I, I maybe had met him once at that point, right? Maybe. Mm-hmm. And and it's not like we hung out or we were really friends, but I think we had met through you. I think I met him at one one time at that point. So anyway, aside from that, I was going to do a big sculpture for Conjoined. And I still have this thing because I haven't done it because it was just too big of a job for me. But I needed this old, like, certain style of, like, a 50s old refrigerator. And so to, to do this art piece. <clears throat> and uh, it was basically like this is going to be this big head coming out of this old refrigerator that had like spider legs on it. And um, so I was looking at, on Craigslist or something for local places that had these refrigerators and I couldn't find the one I wanted. And then I finally found the perfect one and it was blue. It yeah. was his refrigerator. And, what a trip. It, and I didn't even know that until I got down there. I, I don't think I don't think I knew that I until I got to his place and because he was moving to go to Colorado, right? Um, yeah, or wherever he so. he lives in Colorado. That's he was yeah. leaving L.A. and yeah. um, it was just so weird that <laughs> that you know out of all the people giving you know and he, it's like he just gave me this thing and it's like out of all the people. It was, you know, it was your brother. Yeah, <laughs> that is true. Right there. Yeah. That must have, that was I think so the weird. First time, the first time you met him, Chad, I think was at, uh, was when I first met him, was when Chris came down to the show at Stranger Factory in 2013. That's, that's the what Odd, it was. Odd yeah. Show. yeah, that's Went what it was. Went out to dinner with Brand, that's Kathy, right. that's and everybody right. afterwards. Yeah. yeah, I have a vision. It's funny. I have a vision of meeting him the first time, and, like, there's these blue and purple lights or something, and it was this... It was the restaurant that we were at, yeah. and it's like I yeah. can't, you know. It's, it's so it's, I have this weird vision of meeting him the first time in this weird environment. Just, yeah. <laughs> it was weird that that whole restaurant we were like in that weird. It was like a long table, yeah, and so right. no one could talk because everyone was all the way down the table <laughs> from each other, and like the place was pretty quiet, and it was like getting late, and yeah, it was a weird vibe. I mean, it was fun company, but it, the whole scene was just a weird setup. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was. Uh, I was um, sitting next next to uh what's his name's mom and she was super awesome yeah uh, she's Branson. super cool yeah <laughs> that's oh, yeah, mom. yeah. Mm-hmm. she's so cool so i was having a good old time down there with her at that <laughs> end of the table yeah and then chris flips me and flips me enjoy these these candies these thc candies and joy and i hadn't done anything <laughs> like that because we'd been working casinos so it'd been years since we had any and then the next day i got to go film chet for this speech he's doing at the stranger factory and i like pop this whole thing and eat it and i get down there and set up my gear and i'm like dude i am so is that blazed you, is that i can't you, even <laughs> believe how blazed i am right now and the joy's gone i'm like where did joy go is that when and she had I, to like, go to the, the car or something she boogied yeah she's like i'm out bro she like what <laughs> I could got in the car with the dog. She texts me. She's like, "Oh, I'm getting the fear. I gotta get out." It was so hilarious. Off a piece of candy. Yeah, because we are years. Years. 
the Chiba chews, dude, those things are dangerous. I actually ate one on a plane one time and I had been eating them and I thought I was, you know, like pretty tolerant to them. And I think that they're just inconsistent or something because I had an anxiety attack on the plane. Oh my God. You know, and you're inside the plane and you, it was, oh, it was awful. I thought I was going to die and everyone was going to die with me. <laughs> <laughs> that was the first time Chet ever saw me stoned because I had never, and we went outside to have a cigarette and it was like a break and we're standing outside and I'm yeah, like, Mike would I'm always like, drink. I'm so high would, right now. Because you would always, like, you, you, you would, you would, <laughs> you would always drink because you couldn't smoke I because couldn't. you worked in the casino. All the other times I'd, yeah. hung out with you so you, you and I, was, I am so high and you're like seriously and i'm like oh yeah give <laughs> me this candy last night man and i i ate the whole thing and then joy only had half hers and i ate the other half of hers so like <laughs> so her half was bad enough to put her in the car and you ate the other half of that plus a whole one she got herself straight and we drove home with the dogs and i stayed behind with the bronco and finished filming right. and did the whole thing Put it all down. And that was when I realized I was like, oh, yeah, I could just do whatever. It doesn't matter. I can handle it. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, my God. That's why I don't do not eat. I don't do edibles at all anymore. Oh, they're dangerous. They're, yeah. they're scary, man. They're you too... never know what you're going to get, really. And, and it takes so long for it to kick in. That's the other problem. You know, they usually take a while to kick in. And then you think, oh, I don't feel anything. And then you eat more. And then you're screwed. Right. <laughs> Usually, especially if it's like something like a tasty brownie that actually tastes good and you're just like, damn, this is good. And you just keep eating it. And pretty soon there's nothing but crumbs in the wrapper. And you're like, oh, shit. You start seeing tracers. and Yeah, Yeah, that was funny, though, because that was my first introduction to you, Chris, because I'd never met you. So you came for the Oddfellow show. That's right. This guy's cool, man. I really like this guy. I had backed your Kickstarter when I was first doing Kickstarter in 2012, your last right show. So we knew each other. We just never met each other, you know? Yeah. And then I got that candy and I had a great time though. So I came away from it like, yeah, this is awesome. I'm all about this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was okay. a, that was a, that was a fun, fun time. Yeah. When did we meet first? Do you remember how we met Chris, you and I? Well, it was through, um, as far as not in person, it was through just meeting, just that, meet any, um, any way. <laughs> well, the way that I came in contact with you was I had already been, you know, seen your art and was following your art. And, and then I did a show at last rights that Gary, uh, curated. And when I met him, I told him that I'd love to show with the Copro if, if I, you know, had a chance. And, and he suggested to contact you about the conjoined Gary show. Who? Gary, Gary Preston. Preston. So he, wait, he put you in a, oh, you wanted to show and conjoined. Oh, well, the reason that I got put in the show that he curated at Last Rites was because. Oh, he curated a show at Last Rites. Yeah, it was oh, okay, the um, okay. Dark Pop show. And I got put into that show through Genevieve Zaccone. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and she kind of just like arranged that through him for me to be in the show. And so when I, w- I went to New York and, and met him and Erica and and told him that I'd love to show at the Copro sometime. And he's mm-hmm. like, oh, you should call Chet. You know, he's doing this conjoined show. You already did the first one. And so I was like, sweet. And I emailed you and told you the kind of the lowdown or whatever. And you emailed me back at this point. You know, I was like total like fanboy. Like, <laughs> oh, my God, I'm emailing Chet Zahar. And you emailed me right back. I wish and, I could have that feeling like, about myself. <laughs> I remember this. See, this it's better that you it, don't. This is how much it meant to me. I can remember it perfectly because I was I was still in New York and I emailed you that next day and then you emailed me right back. You wrote back and you said, "Yeah, it's a it's a funny thing because I was just looking at the picture of your piece from the show. It was that little monkey skull, oh, little cool. devil monkey. Yeah, yeah. You're like you're like I was just looking at that piece and thinking how I wish I could afford to buy it right now and that usually doesn't happen and. And, and and I'd love to have you in the conjoined. And so at that point, yeah, like talk about like giddy. I was probably <laughs> skipping around the house and stuff like, oh, my God, oh, my God. It's hard. Just email me back. <laughs> thinks I'm cool. He likes my art. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, I'm I'm glad it worked out because yeah, you're no, like because... A, a, a staple at the conjoined shows for sure. Yeah, well, that was yeah. that was eight years eight years ago or wow. so. So that was, you know, and and that really has been the connection through last rites and then to Gary and then to you. It was this beautiful chain reaction that that was kind of my lucky break because the getting into the galleries and stuff isn't easy. Mm. And you know, I I feel grateful for that that I was just in the right place at the right time and mm. you know 
and of course I had to have my art. Well, yeah, yeah, your art really was just like having your art in that show. Really, I felt like it was the. Oh, you broke up there. Sorry, you you know had had a lot to do with the. No, it's cool. I'm just gonna. Yeah, your your thing is breaking up. (laughs) Sorry, we lost your resolution. (laughs) <laughs> Sorry, no. Your your signal is has gotten weak, Chris. Yeah, is got all, you got all like robotic. You were all like, Whoop. okay, okay. You're you're better now, I think. Okay, go uh, go ahead. Sorry, but it was just cool to you know before I really didn't have any idea what the gallery scene was like, and and once I kind of connected with you guys and stuff, and seeing that it is a bunch of like really down to earth, you know, fr- mm-hmm. friends, you know, yeah. and everyone's friends, and that's a real sweet part about the the dark art community you know and like when i was in la last time for the conjoined show we went over to chris velasco's house and and everyone's hanging out like that's that's a super awesome group of dudes and i know you know and women that that you get to hang out with out there in la you know i don't i don't necessarily have that kind of a community here and but, yeah, yeah. yeah but well, I want to hang out. It's like three and a half hours. Like, oh, let's hang out, Chris. All right, I'll see you in three hours. <laughs> you know, no, dude, and then you gotta like, get back in three hours. You know, it's only two hours from my house to your house, Mike. In your truck, yeah. Just <laughs> 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 his truck, man. <laughs> well, if it makes you feel any better, th- th- it only happens once a year that we. It's not like we're always hanging out together like that. It's like usually, right. Chris does when he curates a show. He'll have like the the barbecue at his house the next day or or a conjoined thing he'll do it so because you know if you're living in la you might as well be it's so spread out you might as well be living in colorado you know (laughs) it's not like i ever i don't really go out i feel pretty isolated myself here but i bet i bet you uh met a lot of people through conjoined because that's like not only that seems like your crowd because it's not only kind of dark art but it's sculpture and sculptors are you know are the kind of the minority they used to be the minority now it's not so much anymore but it's still it's still there's more painters than sculptors i think but a lot less than there used to be you know so yeah. i bet you must have connected with a lot yeah, of yeah conjoined is well it's cool that you you know that you do conjoin you keep doing it and it, and it gives this i think you know, giving all those people a place to show and, and come together and connect with like-minded people. And um, it's I surely, you know, one of the most popular shows that the Copper has every year. It just blows up every time. And yeah. it's, it's just, it's a great thing. Well, and Chris is like a fixture there, you know, because yeah, I mean, is. even in two, I couldn't go last year, but the year before I wouldn't have been able to go either were it not for Chris. I mean, Chris hauled my ass all the way out there, oh, yeah, helped right. find places to couch surf the whole time I was there. And uh, But, you know, I made you go. Well, I was so excited that I got to go, you know, and it was because of you. And it's like and, and, you know, I've gone sporadically. I think I've gone to three. But the truth is, is that it's like, you know, when you go and you get to take part in the setting up and, and you know, that whole part of it, it really is fulfilling in a way that isn't just like going to a show and showing up on the day. But being involved in that preparation and that camaraderie that goes with that is really a special thing. And so it was fun to be able to do that with you that time and really feel like, you know, this is a special opportunity opportunity that I get to have because of my buddy, you know, and so, and I don't have a lot of buddies. So it means something to me. <laughs> yeah. Well, you, thanks. I, I made you go and it was good for, for both of us. Definitely. It was, it was, it was, I'd say, you know, obviously you really get to know somebody when you spend that much time in a car. What is it like? It's like 14 hours one way. So me yeah. and you spent 30 hours in the truck together and sleeping <laughs> on couches and stuff. And yeah. <laughs> Good bonding time. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. yeah, we're we're better after it. That's that's the make or break. It you're either like I'm either going to hate this person or, <laughs> yeah. or they're like yeah, oh we both totally. love each other. Okay, it worked out. <laughs> <laughs> that truck is so huge. It looked like a comfy truck to make a big long drive in like that. I can believe it. It's like giant on the inside of that thing it's like looks so nice His wheels are so big that he's like oh and by the way you know if you're driving i never drove it but he was like if you drive it you know it's going actually like seven miles an hour faster than the speedometer says i'm like oh really? shit okay <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah it's so huge <laughs> you gotta remember that yeah it's it can be dangerous wow forget how fast you're going Wow. So what's yeah, your- we had the heat issue, remember? When it was like the heater was on or off. So we're like smoking and blasting the heater. And then we like take turns rolling our windows down. So that one <laughs> of us was smoking, the other one was smoking, like going back and forth. 
<laughs> totally. Are you, Mike coming through? It says poor connection. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Mike, so now, Mike's is really bad for me. Now you're the robot, Mike. Now you're the robot. <laughs> I am a robot. How can I help you? Go like this. Go like this, Mike. There he goes. He's doing the robot. <laughs> I just put my glasses on. I can actually see you guys. It was crazy. I was just like <laughs> suffering. Okay, just so guessing. he looks like Mole from <laughs> from from a, what's it called? The that, remember the stop action animation? Okay, let's get back. I to do. <laughs> I, I what's a, what's your uh, your process for creating these things? Like, how do you start? Do you do you come up with a design and then go and find your bones, or do you get some bones and then get some ideas, or what? Or do you just throw a bunch of bones in a pile and see what happens? <laughs> uh, all of the above, yeah. really. You know, it's uh, for the most part, most of the work that that people see from me, you know, where it's just the skull. I, I do start with the skull, and I and I kind of just feel out the designs. Usually, um, just sketch, you know, start sketching and see what kind of feels right, and and try to avoid making something that looked like the last. Yeah, piece that I made. Um, but there are other pieces like the bigger, more assemblage type pieces. I usually have somewhat of a preconceived idea and I start gathering the, the pieces or I've got a bunch of stuff and I just start laying it together different ways until I find, see something, you know? Um, yeah, that's probably so how I would approach it. Anything and everything. I have any, you know, I don't have any real formal guidelines with, I didn't go to art school or anything, so I don't have any telling me how I can't do things so I just keep trying shit till it works yeah or, you know, whatever works with your little mini saw your little tiny little mini saw so, oh, my Mickey Mouse saw I've still used the shit out of things tell, tell that story yeah Mike's seen my what's that uh, what, what is it about, about I don't want really to want to know how little my saw is <laughs> <laughs> it's so cute <laughs> It's two. I've got some. I've got some really big saws too, actually, I, that I break out. But uh, yeah, I use a lot of uh, manual tools, like yeah. hand saws and um, sandpaper, and and uh, exact all the the flourishes on my skulls. I carve all with a, a little exacto blade, and then sand them all with tiny little pieces of sandpaper. Right. I'm not. You know, I still use power tools when they are needed, but for the most part, I just feel more connected and more comfortable and confident with mm. um, the more, you know, simple and traditional methods that I can use. That's what I usually go for. That's cool. That's kind of. Yeah, I feel you. I feel you there. Yeah, that's 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 kind of you know the marketing guy comes in. That's kind of a good marketing angle. Right, you know, and it comes from a real place. You can tell, you know, and it's honest. It's true because it's like I, I totally relate to that. Because like, if I have to drill a hole with something, I'm going to use a drill. You know what I mean? And if I like, if I'm melting a huge block of beeswax, I'm not going to use a lighter. I'm going to use a heat gun. But mostly, I would rather do the same thing as you. I want to be. I want that tactile sensation of being involved with it. You know? Yeah, you don't use and a, a Dremel. Smell and feel and stuff. I use Dremel sometimes. No. Do you use Dremels, Chris? Uh, I can live without my Dremel. I, 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 yeah, I use it for certain things, usually um, like modifying um, jewelry and stuff, grinding metal and, and stuff like that. Or mm. it's great for chopping off little screws when you don't want to get out the big grinder. And right. so I have to modify a lot of hardware and different things. Almost everything I use is ultimately modified. And so things like Dremels and, and grinders and, and sawzaws and, mm. uh, you know, a lot of construction tools that I use when, when I, it's, it, you know, the sculpt type of sculpture I do with mixed media, it's, it's building, you know, I'm not mm. really necessarily just sculpting with, with like clay with one, right. you know, material. I'm using so many different types of materials that I kind of have a whole you know, array of, of different things that, that get used. But Dremel is one of them for sure. Yeah. I, I love my Dremel. I go through about a Dremel a year. Yeah, <laughs> I just burned the motor out on mine actually. Yeah, just like that's a, a month ago. A million dollar idea right there is a Dremel repair place because yeah, those kidding. things burn out so fast. But uh, you know, one thing I wanted to bring up is that what what I really love about your work is that um, 
you you do a fine like a painting treatment as well and that's kind of the to me that's the thing aside you know the flourishes are they are unique as well but um the way you use color on your pieces after is really cool i think it really um sets the piece off um when when you you paint them you know you paint them after you've done all the sculpting right thanks yeah it's kind of the i guess the funnest part for me mm. after all the the tedious you know labor intensive work with all the carving and mm -hmm. all the prep work and getting to the 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 paint is just you know one of the final steps and yeah it's fun it's fun to to just you know have no there's there's no uh like i said kind of no formal guidelines with what my art's supposed to look like right you know i'm not trying to recreate or reproduce anything and so i if i want to you know, make something, you know, crazy colors or, or whatever. But uh, I really enjoy the, the painting. It really kind of just is that, that frosting on the cake yeah. for me. What kind of paint you do know? you use? I'm just curious. Are you using acrylics or? Uh, a mix. I mix, I use a mix of oils and acrylics. Oh, really? Um, oh. Yeah. Interesting. I do. Um, yeah. And uh, it's kind of my own little secret recipe, but uh, and then, you know, um, one of the main things is just having the skull really clean and and getting a good seal or bonder before you start. Oh. You know, something that, that seals the the bone off and, and a bonder or something like that is is important because, yeah, bone doesn't necessarily want to be painted, so you kind of mm. have to get industrial with it. I try to make my pieces built to last. Yeah. And, you know, and all my experience, you know, in the past doing house painting and stuff, I learned a lot about, you know, paint application mm -hmm. and faux finish, decorative finishes and stuff. And I've taken all that to the studio for sure. Um, there's putting it, put it to use. There's some stuff called Bulldog. Have you heard of that the spray? That's uh -uh. like, it, it's, it's made for plastic. So it might not work for bone. It's made for resins. It's like a primer. It's really nasty and toxic, but it kind of, I think, eats so real solventy, but you spray it before you paint acrylics. And it never, you know, right. it, it it works better than without using it. But the thing I found is oil oil paint will stick to anything pretty much. Yeah. And so yeah. anything I don't want, you know, now all my resin stuff, I used to airbrush everything with acrylics, but it just would scratch off too easily no matter what I did, you could scratch it. Whereas oil, I just paint with a brush now and you can blend like, like airbrush, like you would with an airbrush or something. Um, yeah. but it just bonds like crazy. I'm just, I bet you, uh, I bet you it would really stick to bone. Yeah. I'll have to get, check it out. Yeah. Um, actually ha I have this bone. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and I want to talk about it today. <laughs> Let me tell you about it. <laughs> no, I bought this bone. It's a it's a leg bone, right? A human leg bone, uh, and uh, uh, like a femur. Yeah, yeah, it's a femur. The femur is the big upper leg bone. Yeah, isn't it? you saw it, right? Did you see it? Maybe you didn't. Okay, so it's. This uh, bone seller, it was at a tattoo show. She was talking about it, and um, she said it was, the person who sold it to her said it was a like a witch bone. And so I had to get it, even if it's even if it's not true. <laughs> Certified witch bone. Because. Uh, <laughs> Good name for a band. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's, what, that's, you know, after that, that's what I was thinking. My next band's going to be called Witch Bone. But. Um, <laughs> Which bone? Like <laughs> w H I C H. So uh, she said it was found outside of this church, buried upside down. The skeleton. It was buried up, like all the bones were upside down or something. And this person who was selling to this bone person said that that's what they used to do when they had they thought they had a witch is they would kill him and bury him outside of a church upside down, and. Um, wow. And so I thought, wow, that would be pretty amazing to have that. And um, but then, you know, I got home and uh, someone was like, yeah, well, that just that doesn't mean they're a witch. It means somebody, some religious fanatic thought they were a witch yeah. and killed them. So it's right, kind of like, yeah. 
Uh-huh. <laughs> so it may really be bewitched then. Because it might of be this, some you know, this horrible it's probably, thing. That it's probably. It's probably. You've got to make a musical instrument out of it. Some I mean, form. Come on. <laughs> Seriously, like it's begging for you to make it into some kind of a musical instrument. Yeah, yeah. Play this witch bone. It's put a witch bone flute. My next <laughs> number performed on the witch bone <laughs> would be called Buried Upside Down. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's pretty metal. More, more, more. You know, more than likely, it's just some poor innocent person that was, you know, tortured and taken for a witch. It's pretty sad, but it's still. Uh, I love this bone. It's such a nice bone. But anyway, I just thought since we're on the subject of bones, I would bring up my witch bone. Well, I like I, I like bones too. I just worked with uh, actually a vulture bone to do a prosperity ward for one of my uh, collectors, and I used the because you know vulture bones, most bird bones in general are hollow, and so it's real light. Yeah. And so I used it as the crossbar, and then hung everything. From yeah, it. that it was, was really fun. That was fun cool. to work with and clean it up and everything too. I like cleaning bones. That's the thing. Like I'm well, not all bones. Some bones are not fun to clean up. Chris, I'm sure you know what I mean. Like there are certain things when you have to like cook the flesh off and stuff. It's so raunchy, but uh, yeah. it just smells so bad, you know. But it's, it's but it's so fun when it's done because it's like it looks so perfect and polished and just wonderful. It's, it's white. It's it's, it's definitely satisfying. <laughs> yeah. Done. Yeah. Yeah. I remember I dug up. We dug up one of our animals. It was like a, it might have been a, a rat or something. Mm-hmm. And God, this is probably when I when I was a kid. And then I um, put it in bleach. It had, still had some kind of like beef jerky on it. And so I put it in bleach, <laughs> just let it sit there for days. And that completely stripped it. I mean, I'm, it's like there's, there's, I'm sure there's standard ways of doing it now because there's so many people working with, taxidermy and stuff I'm, I'm i'm on some bone collectors group on facebook which is very disturbing let me tell you oh, some know. of the pictures i'm on that one too I, yeah because i needed i needed a persian cat skull i just needed it for reference and um no one had them it was like i just even a rep, reproduction would have been fine but they were all out of stock so someone suggested i i follow that group but then every once in a while there'll just be this like deer head with no skin on it and these big bloody eyeballs you know in your feet yeah. and you're like Ugh. <laughs> it's like you like, you like horror that's horror yeah and i don't like that kind of horror <laughs> that's like yeah. that's where i draw the line that's where that's i draw the line favorite end of the deal for sure if i had my way i would just you know have clean you know skulls every time to start with but yeah i live like i said when you get stuff given to you a lot of times for me, it's I have a big boiling kit where I boil them oh, outside, really? and then you could do, then you could bleach them out with with um, a high volume peroxide, and then mm. uh, degrease them and different stuff like that. You know, for what Jeez. I do, I, I paint them and do so much heavy stuff to them. You know, as long as I get all the jerky, like you said, <laughs> get all the jerky off and and get it to where it doesn't stink and it's clean. You know, you know but, that you you really um, uh, have you done any process videos? Cause you really should do process videos. Cause I would Chris love. Needs, Chris needs a Patreon so bad, dude. Yeah. I, would, I would be your. Yeah. I would be your first patron to watch your process yeah. and get I'll like def- behind the scenes shit, dude. You got two, it's you easy got two, too because you just set your phone up and shoot what you're doing. That's what I've been doing. You got two. You're two, already doing it anyway. <laughs> two dollars you get right away. Two dollars a month right here. <laughs> Me and Mike. Like, I guess I sh- I shouldn't really worry about it, but there has been quite you know so many people that have. Mm. Uh, you know, some respectively have taken what I'm doing and taken it in their own direction and to where it doesn't feel offensive. But there's, there are, I've, you know, seen quite a few people trying to replicate kind of what I'm doing, you know? And, and mm-hmm. so it's kind of given me that feeling of like, well, at first, when I first started out kind of being on social media and stuff, yeah, I was willing to explain every little step and stuff. And when I started seeing people kind of taking my stuff and, and really just blatantly, uh, trying to reproduce it and, and acting like it was their own, it, it kind of made me a little more secretive. Not so much, I still show works in progress, but I don't, you know, I worked hard to kind of develop all the personal techniques right. that, uh, well, you know, and I'm trying to feed, feed my kids with the money that I make off the art. And so, on, on the, I don't know. I'm, on the flip side of that, you can also establish yourself as the original guy 
Exactly. You know, because I mean, I, yeah, I, I you can make money off showing people the process. People pay you to see the right. process if they're already going to rip you off anyway. So <laughs> that's true. <laughs> At least go. At least make some more skrill to feed the family. Yeah, totally. Right. Dude. I mean, yeah, I, I, right. I, uh, I have that problem myself. So, but it's it's sort yeah, of sort of does have that problem. <laughs> so, but it's like I, I can think of the name right now. The first one that comes to mind. <laughs> I bet it's the same one you're thinking of, Chet. No, nah, there's 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 a few now, but um, you know, it's just I don't know. It's it's one of those things you got to go. You got to fall back on. I'm the only one that can do my artwork, no matter exactly. how much someone tries to rip you off. It's still, you know, and so as, true. as, as opposed to like trying to cut off my process, <clears throat> um, I take the approach that I, the opposite, which is like, I'm going to put more of it out there, put myself out there more. So people know that it's a rig- that, you know, I'm the one who kind of started doing the it. The guy that does it, yeah, and, totally. And 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 yeah. rely more on, <laughs> rely more on the fact that <laughs> sorry about the dogs. That uh that you know, it's my soul is what makes it unique or yep. whatever. You know what I mean? The, my personal yeah. touch is what makes it unique. But you know, something that I just would love to see. I just had this vision of you with like a witch's cauldron out in the middle of nowhere, <laughs> boiling these bones, and then doing. And I was thinking, yeah, man, I wonder if he's that's, ever. That's pretty much what it is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would love to see that as like a you know. A, he's got he's got like a kiss the chef apron on. <laughs> so get blood all over it. All <laughs> <laughs> ghoulish and shit. Yeah. Well, Mike, if you want to come up and put together like a. There you a, go. a a fun video where I'm not giving any secrets away, but I just get to like dress up like a witch around a cult. Yes. You know you what can, we should do is we should do a know. fake Patreon that's like you pretending <laughs> to make art, right? That, that like all elaborate and stupid like that, where you like put on costumes and go in your studio and like just like ridiculous, <laughs> like just like make it into this fake thing. Like this is how I make my art, but it's like obviously it's not really how you do that it. Would be, you know? That's a that's a great That'd idea. That'd be a whole lot of fun. <laughs> See, that's that's like what we. Those. Those how-to videos where the guy like how to paint yeah, a right. and then he just starts smashing shit and slapping <laughs> yes. paint on his thighs, right. and brings in like a, a ham and a, some turkey. And I will totally help you make this happen, man. <laughs> like I, I can think of great ideas already. I was gonna try to get Chet to paint in a graveyard. Come on, I can come up with these ideas. Oh, that's a good idea. But it would be if you made it ridiculous and ludicrous, then it would be like so obvious. It's not, you know, how you are. That's what would be so funny about it. You know what I mean? Like it, have right. you boiling the bones in the cemetery or some uh, the top of some stupid hill where you never would be boiling bones, you know, just like and then dressed up too to boot because totally. it's ridiculous and nonsensical. Would you like to see how I make my artwork? <laughs> well, that, that's like with uh, Pete Morbacher. We were talking about how exciting Patreon is, is that we haven't even scratched the surface on the the kind of projects people could do. And you could totally do a satirical project on there like that. You know what I mean? Where you're doing it for entertainment purposes and it's just, it's exciting, man. You should get, you should get on there, Chris. And then, and, and Talk check with it. me. I'll, I'll, I'll help yeah, you set it check up. It, check it and out. It, it is to- totally the future for artists. I'm, t- I'm like a hundred percent sure. Or I feel a hundred percent sure that it is the future for independent artists. So it seems that it's uh, um, reminiscent of, of kind of the way things were at one time before, you know, like uh, I don't know if it was the Renaissance age or whatever, when, you know, artists actually had people that sponsored them. Yeah. Patrons, you know, man. That's, what it, people, that's patrons, what it is. Basically. So, yeah. So I, I, I think that it's a really great thing. I guess I don't, I haven't found where I would, you know, be able to, come up with enough stuff my 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 process is so slow you know like i so feel like i would so is mine i've got a bunch I've, of dude, i've been working on this one piece for like a month i i'm with you, you trust me i'll help you think you just, i'll help you think your way through it trust you just me. you just gotta join up and and follow a few of them few so you get start getting an idea of how how it works and anyway we shouldn't get off into patreon this is this is this should be after after the show talk <laughs> Anyway, we're at over an hour, so we should wrap this up. So, um, okay. uh, yeah, thanks for coming on, man. That was, yeah, Chris, that was I'm so stoked fun. to finally have you. Thanks yes. for having me. It's my pleasure. You've been on our list for a while, so now you can. <laughs>
move you down the list, which I'm going to do right now. Oh, we didn't do. Oh, okay. So <coughs> you can do your word. Yeah. The synesthesia <coughs> word of the week. Well, we don't. And I also want to mention, we don't have any new patrons to mention this time for our Patreon for the patreon.com forward slash dark society. And the reason is because Chet and I have recorded three episodes within like three days because Brian Kilgore is going to be off the grid. And so we are cracking these out so that he doesn't have to worry about it. And we don't have to worry about it. And they're all canned. So the next time we do a recording, there'll probably be a huge bunch of people. We hope fingers crossed to uh, lead, read your names off. But Chris Haas recently uh, became a dark art society member. So right. I did, I already mentioned his name, but I just, I'm going to mention it again. Two <laughs> thanks. Yeah. Um, okay. Let's do this. This is, this is so awkward. Always. <laughs> it's so weird to do this word of the week, like right after you interview someone. I, I think it should be. You should have done it at the beginning. Maybe it's. See, here's what I'm thinking. Maybe we should do the pre roll, right? The pre roll is us talking about, hey, how's your day? Like we normally do. Okay. And then we do the word of the week. And then when we do the podcast, we just go into the interview and we don't do. Because it always feels weird after we did we're talking about what we just did and then we go on and go, Hey, how's it going? Oh, and then you kind of say the same thing over. And then I find myself holding back, telling you things because I want to tell you on the regular podcast. Yeah, yeah. So it's something, you know, we don't know what we're doing. So, um, <laughs> yeah, we're imposters. Remember I'm going to, okay. So yeah. Imposter syndrome. All right. So the synesthesia word of the week is comment. This is very comment. strong, a very strong flavor to this word. And it's a really delicious flavor. You ready? It tastes like whipped cream. Ooh, comment. Mm -hmm. <laughs> or it, it also kind of has a sour creamy flavor too, but it's mostly whipped cream. Sour cream's good on tacos. Yeah, oh my God. <laughs> what is going on with this episode? Thank you again, Chris, for coming on. If you guys want to support Chet for his Patreon, that is patreon.com forward slash Chet Czar. I also have a Patreon. Well, actually, I have two Patreons. I have patreon.com forward slash emails from infinity. That is in support of my podcast book. And I also have email patreon.com forward slash land of enchantment tours, which is for my ritual artwork and touring here, uh, virtual tours through the land of enchantment where I collect all the stuff to then turn into ritual artwork. So you can uh, check those out. Want dark become a patron. The dark, I mentioned it already. Uh, I'm going to mention it again though. Patreon.com forward slash dark art society. And then also check out the description because we'll have links to Chris's stuff in there. You can check out his band Ragwater and their self-titled album Ragwater, which just came out last year. And also his artwork. We'll have an Instagram link on there for him and Facebook and all that stuff. You guys can see his work. So thank you all for listening. We'll catch you guys next Wednesday. We appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, Chris, for coming on. That was uh, great. And we, lo we, love, we love your work. We love you. Uh, likewise. All right. So long. Over and Peace. out. <laughs>